I've entitled today's message, Jesus and Women, and so I, I trust that it's going to speak both to mothers as well as all, all women, and to men as well, probably as we go through it, many of the things are the same. The Old Testament has many great things to say about God's plan and God's purpose for women. Exodus 20, verse 12, this is in the Ten Commandments, it says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And so this command has a wonderful promise for those that honor their mothers. So it's important to God that we honor our mothers. And of course, that's one of the things that we are doing today. Set it aside as a special day to honor our mothers. And each one of us, as I often say on Mother's Day without exception, had a mother. A mother who carried us, a mother who gave us life, who birthed us, and in most cases, raised us up. There are many examples of godly women and mothers in the Old Testament. We read of Eve, the first mother, the mother of all humanity. We all, way, way back, Eve is our great, great, I don't know how many, you know, grandmother, a lot of greats back there. Sarah, Abraham's wife, was a mother of faith. We read of Jochebed, Moses' mother, who by faith, hid him in a basket in the river. We read of Rahab, who hid the Israelite spies. We read of Deborah, judge of all Israel. We read of Hannah, who was the mother of the prophet Samuel. And we could go on and on. Many examples of godly women and mothers in the Old Testament. Proverbs 31, verse 10 says, An excellent wife who can find, she's more precious than jewels. And so this verse speaks of the great value of women and wives. Going on in that chapter, it's a great chapter for moms to read. Verse 30, though, says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so a woman's worth is not measured by her outward beauty, by how many likes she gets on Instagram. Uh, a, a mother's, a woman's worth is measured by her love for and fear of the Lord. Yet despite all those examples that we've read in the Old Testament, God honoring women, God putting them forth as examples, in Jesus' day, women were usually considered second-class citizens by the Jewish people. And yet Jesus broke the stereotypes of his day. He didn't go along with that. It was not godly. It was not right. And he showed love, care, and honor for women. Little known verse, Luke 8, verse 1. says, And the twelve were with him. That's the twelve apostles were with Jesus. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out and many others who provided for them out of their means. Little known verse, when we picture Jesus' ministry, what do we think of? We think of Jesus and his 12 apostles going around doing all the men doing all the work. Right here we see that was not the case. There were women who had been healed of serious issues, and out of their gratitude, they followed Jesus as well. And not only did they follow Jesus, but many of them were fairly well-to-do and provided for the needs 
of Jesus and the rest of his group, the apostles, out of their own resources. And so today we're going to talk about Jesus encouraging all the women and mothers listening to this message. We're going to learn how much Jesus cares about you, how important you are to him. Jesus sees your tears. Our story begins in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked him, that's Jesus, to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And so our story begins with Jesus being invited to attend a dinner put on by an influential Pharisee. In our understanding of the customs of that day, most likely he invited only men. Men were invited to this dinner. Custom of the day was a little different than the way we eat. Uh, there was a table, and around the table were some type of benches or couches, and the guests, in this case the men, would recline on their couches with their feet sticking away from the table, you know, so they could lean over and eat from the food that was on the table. And that will become important in a minute. So an unnamed woman heard that Jesus was eating, was a guest at this Pharisee's house. This woman is identified as a sinner. Now, that language does not mean she was just a sinner like all women are sinners. This was, she was a sinner sinner. Uh, everybody knew it. Most likely, it meant she was a prostitute, most likely. And if she was well-known in the city, uh, she carried on her business. And, of course, all the righteous men would stay away from her. You know, you didn't want to be around somebody like that, or it might impact your reputation. The first thing we learn about her, besides her being a sinner or known as a sinner, she came to this dinner party uninvited, and she brought with her this alabaster flask of ointment. Now, we don't have something like that in our day, but in Jesus' day, these type of ointments were very costly. A common ointment of the day was called nard. And nard, if you bought a pound of nard, it would cost you an annual wage. The amount of money a worker would make in a whole year, that jar was probably worth that. So, you know, I don't know what an average wage is today. 50, 60, I mean, it's tens of thousands of dollars, this ointment that she brought with her. It was very very expensive. So what did she do? Verse 38, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And so after she came into this dinner party, as I said before, the men were reclined at table with their feet sticking away. So the she couldn't get close to them to talk to them or, or do anything with their heads, but their feet were sticking out. So she began, she found Jesus, and she began to stand over his feet 
began to weep, and her tears were so numerous, it was falling onto his feet, and she began to wipe his feet with her hair, kissed them, and anointed them with the ointment. Now the question comes to my mind, why was she weeping? And really we have to read the whole story to get the answer to that, but I believe she was weeping out of her great gratitude and love for Jesus. I believe she had met him before and she had been forgiven by him and she wanted to come and thank him. Our story goes on, verse 39. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, saw this woman doing these things to Jesus, to Jesus' feet, he said to himself, he's thinking to himself, he's not saying this out loud. If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And so this woman's actions met with disapproval and disgust by this host of the party, this influential Pharisee. As a Pharisee, he always sought to stay far away from sinners. He felt that they were unclean. And if he got close to them or touched them, he would become unclean. And so he stood, stayed very far away from such people, especially a woman like that with a reputation in the town. Not only would it make him unclean, but it probably wouldn't do his reputation much good to be seen around with her. As we'll see, did Jesus do anything to stop the woman's actions? Absolutely nothing. He let her do what she was doing, and we're going to see that he welcomed what she did as an expression of her love. He saw her tears. He saw her actions. And he sees your tears as well. You know, today on Mother's Day, there are times to remember when you as a woman have wept. Perhaps it's a generalization, but probably women shed more tears than men. That's not a bad thing. It's the way God made them. You may have tears for many different reasons. Sometimes they may be tears of sorrow over sin in your own life. Other times they may be tears brought on by the hurt of others, especially those who are close to you. At other times your tears may be tears of joy, tears of gratitude for what God has done in your life. But whatever the cause of your tears, sometimes you may feel nobody understands why I'm crying. Nobody cares, but Jesus sees your tears. Whatever it is that moves your heart, Jesus sees those tears. He knows exactly what you're going through. He wants to comfort you. He wants you to know that he understands. He wants to encourage you. Sometimes those tears may be shed over your children. And he has your children in his hands as you pray for them. He's going to take care of them. He sees your tears. He knows 
what you're going through. As you walk through life, you're never alone. Not only does Jesus see your tears, but Jesus values, values your love. Let's go on with our story. Jesus now addresses Simon the Pharisee who's hosting the dinner. He knows what Simon is thinking inside of his heart. Simon is not speaking this out, but he knows what Simon is thinking. Jesus has now experienced what this woman has done for him. And Jesus speaks to Simon the Pharisee and says in verse 41, he begins to tell him a story, a parable. He says, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And so Jesus tells Simon this parable to help Simon understand what is going on with this woman. Now, in Jesus' day, this denarius was a coin that they used. A denarius was worth about one day's wage. So if you worked for somebody a whole day, eight hours or whatever they worked, maybe they worked 12 hours back then, I don't know. They worked probably longer days than we do. You got paid with one denarius, that was a fair wage. And so, 500 denarii, you know, 365 days in a year, was more than a year's salary. That was a lot of money. 50 was, was not a little money. That's 50 days, almost two months worth, but it was 10 times less than 500. It was a lot less. Now, the two debtors didn't have the money to repay. Neither of them had the money to repay. The one with five, who owed 500 didn't have 500. The one that owed 50 didn't have 50. And so out of this lender's grace, he forgave both debts. He said, I forgive you. You don't have to pay me. You owed me 500. You owe me 50. Debt is canceled. And so Jesus asked the question to Simon, which debtor will love the lender more? The answer, of course, is obvious. Simon answered, verse 43, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he, that's Jesus, said to him, Simon, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered her house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And so Simon answered the question correctly. It was the man who had the 500 denarii debt canceled would love the money lender more. And then Jesus began to contrast the actions of Simon towards himself, towards Jesus, with the actions of the woman towards Jesus. In Jesus' day, it was customary for the host to arrange for the dinner guests to have their feet washed. They walked around in sandals, their feet were dirty. It was just a common courtesy to provide oftentimes for a servant or somebody to come and wash their feet when they came into the house. But Simon had not done even the customary foot washing. And yet this woman who had not put on the, the party at all, she was there washing Jesus' feet with her hair, with her tears and wiping them with her hair. Jesus continued speaking to Simon in verse 45. He says to him, you gave me no kiss. 
But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Again, it was customary for the host of a party to greet his guests with a kiss on the cheek. But Simon had not done that. It was customary for them to provide olive oil to anoint the heads, especially of the honored guests. Jesus was the honored guest, but Simon had not done that. And although Simon had not done any of these things that were customary, this woman had done them extravagantly. Not only had she washed his feet, she had kissed his feet, she had anointed his feet with this very expensive ointment. She was showing her appreciation, honor, and love for Jesus. And Jesus did not rejected. He valued it. He understood what was in her heart. Jesus highly valued this woman and her love for him. And Jesus values your love as women for him as well. And so as a mother, as a woman, Jesus values you. He created you in his image. He loves you. He values you highly. You're not a second-class citizen. You're created in the very image of God. And as you show your love to him, he turns around and showers you with his love. He receives your love. He values it. Now, as a woman, Jesus knows that giving and receiving love is very important to you. Relationships are so important to you. And there may be times when you feel that nobody really understands you, that nobody really loves you as you desire to be loved. Nobody appreciates you as you want to be appreciated. And even though nobody else can do that perfectly, Jesus loves you the way you need to be loved. Jesus appreciates you. Jesus values you. Jesus understands you. And other people, even those closest to you, are going to let you down from time to time. But Jesus will never let you down. He loves you completely. And as you love him in return, he's going to continue to shower his love on you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be there for you. Jesus values you and your love. Finally, Jesus forgives your sins. Verse 47, Jesus continues. He's speaking to Simon. He says, therefore, I tell you her sins which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And so Jesus begins to explain or continues to explain to Simon what is going on with this woman. She had many sins, and her sins were not private sins. Her sins were public sins. Everybody knew about it. She lived a life of sexual sin known across the whole town as a sinner. And this woman realized that even though Jesus knew exactly what she had done in her past, he had forgiven her. He had forgiven all of her many sins. And for that great forgiveness, she was so grateful. She had great love for Jesus. And that's what she was expressing. Simon, on the other hand, really didn't think he had much to be forgiven of. He was a pretty good guy, he thought. 
And, of course, contrasted to this woman, I don't even want to get close to her, he thought. And so he did not have much love for Jesus. He showed little love for Jesus, little appreciation for what Jesus could do for him. So Jesus, turning to the woman, verse 48, he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? So I believe this woman was already forgiven in the past somewhere. And Jesus was just letting everybody at this dinner party know that he had forgiven her, that she was forgiven. The dinner guests began to wonder, how could this man forgive sins? They believed, rightly so, that only God could forgive sins. But Jesus was making it clear that he indeed was God. And finally, Jesus said to the woman in verse 50, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, love and faith are intertwined. This woman had received Jesus' forgiveness. She loved him dearly. And she believed in and entrusted her life to him. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. So I believe we'll meet this woman in heaven someday. And hear her whole story. Her life before and her life after. Meeting Jesus. A life had been transformed by her sins being forgiven. Her shame removed. And Jesus forgives Our sins and your sins as well. Forgiveness of sins is what gives each one of us the freedom to love Jesus more and more. It's vitally important. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter what you may be struggling with today, whether you consider it a big sin or a small sin, Jesus wants to forgive you. And this woman, she I believe she repented and turned from her past way of life and said no more. I'm going to walk with Jesus now. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to give Jesus my love. She believed she was going to give, that Jesus was going to give her a new life. Her old way of life was over. She was looking forward to a new way of life. And he did give her that new life. As mothers, they may be times in your life where you feel like you've failed. You may feel like you've failed your children or your family, filled with sadness. You know, all of us fail in one way or another. Nobody's a perfect father and nobody's a perfect mother. And yet Jesus came to give you hope. Simply confess your sins and failures to him Accept his forgiveness. And he's going to wipe your slate clean and give you a plan and purpose for tomorrow. You don't have to live in the past. Jesus has got a future for you. A future that is bright with promise, bright with hope. He'll encourage you. He's going to direct you in a, in a path that he has for you for tomorrow and for the days beyond that. With Jesus and his love, no matter what's going on in the past, there is always 
hope for tomorrow. Sometimes the things that may cause pain are many times are broken or damaged relationships. But Jesus is able to repair relationships. Jesus is able to bring people back together. His love can heal. He can bring love back into your life in fresh ways. Jesus still forgives sins and he brings hope. So this morning as a woman and mother, and you can see this applies to men too as well, so don't think it doesn't apply to you, but we're speaking to women and mothers this morning. Perhaps you can identify in some way with this, this woman who had things in her past and Jesus came to forgive her, to show his love for her. Most likely you're not as great a sinner as this woman was, but you know that you fail and you sin at times as we all do. And Jesus came to forgive. Jesus came to cleanse. Jesus came to give you a fresh start each and every day. And if there's sadness in your heart this morning for one thing or another, Jesus sees your tears. It's not wrong to cry. He wants to bring his comfort into your life. So pour out your heart and your love to Jesus. No, he's not here. You can't touch and kiss his feet. But he hears your prayers. He is there by his Holy Spirit to bring comfort to you. For the times and ways that you failed, he's ready to forgive you. Don't dwell on those things. Accept his forgiveness and move on with the things that he has for you for tomorrow. He wants to give you a fresh start of following him with joy each and every day. No matter what comes your way tomorrow, as a believer in Jesus, he's going to be with you. You're never alone. No matter what is going on in your relationships, Jesus is with you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. As you walk with him, your life will be a life of beauty. It will be a life that he created you to live. Now to walk with Jesus, these are the steps I believe that basically the woman went through. This was before Jesus died on the cross, but she put in her faith in him before. To walk with Jesus each and every day, you need to admit that you've sinned. You need to repent, turn away from that sin. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins. This woman was looking forward to what he would do, but Jesus forgave her sins as God. He could do that even before he died on the cross. And finally, commit your, commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. If you never prayed a prayer like this before, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. If you'd like to recommit your life to the Lord this day, I would encourage you to pray as well. Say something like this, Father, today, I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things. I've been following my plan for my life and not your plan, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. He paid the penalty for my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I believe you've 
risen from the dead, you're alive today. And so I commit myself to following you and your plan for my life for this day forward, from this day forward. And let's pray as well. Father, today, we thank you for all the women, all the mothers who are listening to this message. And we pray that each and every one would know that Jesus sees your tears. You're not alone. Even though it may feel like nobody understands what you're going through, Jesus does. And not only does he see your tears, he, he values your love and he loves you with an inexhaustible love. A love far greater than you can imagine. And he values your love for him in return. And Jesus is there to forgive every sin, every failure. He wants you to move past those things as he forgives you and to move into a future of walking with him, a future of joy, a future of carrying out his plan and purpose for your life and for your children's lives and for your family. Father, encourage and give your blessing on each mother woman hearing this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, next, if you've made a commitment to Jesus today, we have some materials out there on the table in the foyer. We encourage you to pick those up. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to continue in this message series with a message entitled, What is a Disciple? And now we're going to have, as we do every Sunday recently, a, a time for prayer for healing whatever type of healing you need in your life or somebody close to you needs healing, we want to pray for that, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. There's verse for this morning, Mark 16. It says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so we're going to pray for the sick this morning in whatever dimension that is in somebody's life, either your life or somebody close to you. And I'd like to encourage you, along with me, to just raise your hand up to God as just a token of your faith in God that we're going to pray together that it's not just me praying, you're going to pray with me because I don't know who you're praying for. And so I encourage you to raise your hand to reach out to God. Father, today we thank you for your healing power. We thank you that you heal today, that you answer the prayers that we pray. We've had many answers to prayers. We expect even more in the future. We pray, God, for those who are, who are seeking you for a healing in their own life or the healing of somebody close to them. Whatever sickness, whatever injury there is, God, we ask for you through your spirit to bring healing into that situation. We thank you that you are moving even today as we pray. We pray, God, that you would heal 
relationships with children, God. We pray that you'd bring healing into relationships with children, that you'd turn the hearts of the mothers and fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their mothers and fathers, both the children at home and the children that are no longer at home. We pray that you would hear and answer a mother's prayers for their children and that all their prayers would be answered and fulfilled in your timing. We pray, God, for those who are seeking you for children. We pray that you would answer those prayers, God, and bring children into their lives. Give them, give the mothers the number of children that you want for them, God. We pray, Lord, that you would fulfill the desires that have come from you. We thank you for what you're doing today. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.